I'm Deva Flowers. And I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. Welcome to Creating Leaders of Character. Our purpose in creating this podcast is to help you empower yourself as a leader. Specifically as a leader of character. Deva and I come from two very different times. You might consider me an old school kind of leader. And I'm what might be considered an emerging leader. As different as our perspectives may be, we both agree that leading with character is important these days. Actually, it's always been important. Now, it may even be critical. Throughout this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, not to convince you to think like either of us, but to help you develop your own perspectives and apply them to make you a better leader. A leader of character. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Hey, Ms. Deva. Well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We're back to uh, what might be normality, but um, and you guys, you guys had a Thanksgiving week off for school, right? I think the whole nation does that, right? I, I think. Yes, but I took two weeks off to have the baby, so I'm actually catching up on a lot of school. Um, and uh, December fourth is the last day of school for me, so we I had a lot of that uh, catch up, catching up to do over the fall break. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then just one semester left. Is that what? Uh, mm-hmm. okay. I graduate in May. In May, okay. Now, how, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in school. How many hours is that, or how many classes will that last Each semester? Semester. Be? Well, I actually, Deva Flowers, Deva McDaniel, now is crazy. Um, actually, psychotically insane. She decided to contact her advisor and ask to extend the maximum amount of hours that she can take with a newborn. So the max you can take is 15. And in order to graduate, uh, because I spent so much time in ROTC, but didn't decide to go into the military um, after having a family and all that, I am uh, actually taking 18 hours, which is over the max hours because I'm in an honors program. Oh, um, gosh. so that will be great. And uh, the wonderful part about it though, is that two days are in person and the rest are online. Um, it's a lot of self-learning, but I think I, I personally do better online, but mostly because I have a, a child. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, that surely is more convenient. Yeah. You, know, you can get up and go feed the baby or see how he's doing or whatever than uh, doing it in class, but, uh, well, good. Now, a, a couple of episodes ago, we started talking about what I call my character identity development process. And uh, we, we started talking about the first part, which, and it's, it's, it's a philosophy of sort, that I can, or otherwise known as uh, probably, if, especially if you study with uh, Bandura, uh, self-efficacy. And I, I think I think that's an important thing in developing our character, Deva, that you have to start with, you know, that's really an attitude. I can. You know, that old saying about, well, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> You're 21, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> or hold my Coke or whatever and watch this. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of strength, a lot of value in realizing that, uh, yes, I can. You know, yeah. I, I, I hear, I don't know that it's true because I don't hang out with youngsters anymore, but I, I read a lot or see stuff on social media where people are saying, well, you know, I don't know that I can do this. Well, yeah, you can. You just have to do the work. You know, you have to figure that out and, and then go do it. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you guys as a generation have trouble with that? Yeah, um, I think definitely uh, we see the highlight reel. Um, and I want to find different examples other than just technology. But I really feel like that's just the highlight of my generation. Um, uh, we spend a lot of time on social media um, and we see the highlight reels of all the people that could be the best at any skill. So 
someone who's interested in athleticism might open their phone and see world-class gymnastics the you know the best football player out there playing their 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 scores and their plays and and um track stars you know that's all they see and so their minor accomplishment or their real accomplishments uh, may seem minor um in comparison but I do have a few friends um that choose to not have any social media I know Jacob just very recently actually deleted Instagram which I think would be really healthy um for him uh he really it wasn't that bad, bad of a problem. He just really enjoyed watching those real videos and it was taking up too much time. So decided to delete that. Um, but ultimately I think that the problem with self-efficacy for people who have social media is co- like the comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's a Bible reference. Um, and for those that don't have social media, um, maybe they're comparing themselves to other people too. But I think the problem is, is probably lessened in people that don't have this constant flow of, people who are better than me at something yeah. or another so comparison really yeah and, and that 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 uh, i've often i've said this for years it's not about being the best it's about being your best which yeah. may be different now you may be the best i i am so proud that uh, apollo ono i don't know if you're familiar with him uh, uh olympic skater seven or ten or a million uh medals uh, uh just an amazing guy but you know he uh he when i as I was mentoring him, you know, I realized that he was the best, at least for a period, you know, in, an, in the Olympic, at that level, you're only the best for a couple of days and then somebody beats you. It's just, that's the way it mm-hmm. is. But, but uh, those days uh, that I was with him uh, often, he wa- was the best and the work that he had to do to, to get there was just, um, there's no way, you know, there's only one guy that could do that. And that would be Apollo Ono. So what, what, what about the rest of us then? We're comparing ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a, it's a good thing to have that as a, a goal, maybe to be closer to him. But one, are you willing to do the work that he does or did? Or and, and number two, do you have the talents and the skills and all the knowledge that you need to do that? And and you don't have to do that. You can be your best and still be pretty darn good. You know, we all live. I don't know that you ever thought about this, but we all live in our own world. You know, there are people I don't while well, you and Jacob and Joel, that's your world, at least uh, your nuclear world. And you can do things within that world that make that to be your best and be pretty good and not even come close to comparing to someone else outside. You know, so I, I think, you know, again, uh, we, I think we said it before that it's an attitude thing. You know, I, I'm going to do my best in this uh, sphere of control that I have. And that's good enough. Yeah. Absolutely. I think another maybe perspective shift for some of the people that are might be feeling this way is I've always prided myself in well-roundedness. Um, I've never been somebody that, um, well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in, with music. I've, I play viola. Um, that took a lot of patience and practice, but I've I've never thought, oh, I want to get to the top of the top. Um, I mean, maybe you did. I mean, you you got to drum for the Air Force. That's that takes a lot of practice, and maybe that's what you may have formed your identity around. Um, but some people form their identity over one thing, and they get to just go at it, and that's their personality style is that they want to spend all their time and energy on one thing. Um, I think there's uh, also something to be said about well-roundedness where you like trying new things and hey maybe you're not as good at one but you're a little bit better at the other and you switch around a lot um 
Jacob has told me in the past that he doesn't like really having a job for more than a year and a half. And that to some companies may seem flaky, uh, which maybe it is. But at the same time, it's caused him to work for tiny home companies that as an electrician, he's probably going to move on whenever we move up north and try and uh, remodel houses to rent. Um, and to for me, that seems like there's a lot of fluidity there. There's a lot of new experiences happening. And and but the byproduct of that, at least for me, is that you never get, you know, perfect at one thing, um, which I think is, like you said, in your own little world, maybe that's just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there was a term uh, years ago, and this is what I aspire to be. I hope I've reached it. And that's to be a, a renaissance man. You know, yeah. the idea was that you could do a lot of different things. And and I, uh, you know, I, I love to learn. I love to try different things and you know i've, I've done you know I've, I've written i'm a musician uh a speaker I did a lot of different things that yeah. make me who i am and a lot of and often people will come uh, or reach out to me and ask me can you do this sure why not yeah. <laughs> well, have you ever done it no it <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean i can't i can yeah. and i will i just had to go back take a step or two back and figure out how do I do that, you know, so that it's the way I do it or the way I would do it. And, uh, and more and more, when we talk about, especially uh, in the the corporate world where you want people that are creative, well, you're not going to be very creative if you only do one thing. It's my opinion. You know, you want to do a lot of different things. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, pr perspective on creativity was not that you build something different. You did combine different things that make something different, you know? Yeah. And I think I, I love that. So, um, so anyway, yeah, but but it but it all does go back, I think, to the attitude that I can. Mm -hmm. Once you figure out that yes, I can, the next step, which is then it's the work. How? How can I? Well, you know, there's and I don't know that we well, let me ask you. In my uh, generation, we all had mentors. We all had coaches that helped us out, you know, that guided us in the directions or, or in the areas that uh, they were experts in. Do, do you guys do that? Are you seeking experts and uh, coaches and guides to help you? I think the people that really succeed are the ones that do it. Um, growing up, I had this weird, I don't know where it came from, but I feel like I, I didn't seek out mentorship as no enough because I felt like if I had someone help me achieve something, then it wasn't myself that did it I felt like maybe I was cheating um looking back um I remember in high school it was really hard for me to study for the SAT um I had a pretty good score leaving high school that I was pretty proud of but I spent almost every afternoon studying alone in a coffee shop doing what they call uh, Khan Academy it's an online program yeah. really great for learning things it's I, I love it um but uh looking back, I've, I've heard some of the stories about my, my college peers and how they did on the SAT and they had tutors, they paid tutors. They, um, you know, went to after school events, they had study groups, um, practice exams and so many things that seemed like, you know, extra effort or like, Oh, if I had a tutor, it, it means that, you know, I had a step up over all these other kids and that would be cheating. Anyways, to answer your question or, or your comment, I think that, um, seeking mentorship is crucial. I have people from, Civil Air Patrol that I still talk to um, specifically. I don't know if she's, I think she said she listens sometimes, but I have a, a major Holub who I call mom Holub, my cat mother sometimes. <laughs> and um, she's grown to be less of a, a, a professional mentor, even though she still is and more of a personal one. You know, you can have professional mentors that just stick around after you leave one season. Um, and I think that's, that's so crucial because 
um, just like we talk about air power. I mean, you create a mentor, one that's you train somewhere, someone else. And I think once you gain a, a new mentor, they can help train you and then they just stick around. So you have a, a, a pool of useful friends, um, who are older than you and wiser than you. I mean, I would call you a mentor. You've taught me so many things. And, um, even if, you know, something were to happen and I had some drastic new career change and didn't want to do a podcast, it's, it's not even a career thing, um, which isn't going to happen really. Uh, you'd still be around. And if I had a question, I could, I could still ask, um, same with my pool of mentees. I have people that I got to help, uh, through civil air patrol that I just re- recently reached out to one because I know they were attending Oklahoma state university and my brother is looking into colleges right now. So I reached out to him and said, Hey, aren't, aren't you attending this college? Do you think that you could, um, you know, give my brother some advice and, so it works both ways um, to be in the middle of this mentor mentee relationship uh, is awesome. So do you think that possibly because you, your generation, and I, and I guess there's another generation behind you, right? Cause you're like yeah. one and there's another one. I don't know. I don't know how the numbers add up <laughs> and, and the dates and all that stuff. I don't do numbers, but is it possible that y'all young, you youngsters because you don't seek and don't have mentors like our generation did, that that develops into another topic that we talked about was that the imposter, what is that? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. That, like you just said, or, or that seemed to, to describe what you were talking about, that I don't think it's because these people are helping me, then that's not mine. But it is yours because they're not... You know, uh, I, I guess you could be an imposter and do, you know, as you mentioned, our relationship, I think and I hope that, that I have taught you a few things, but things that are going to make you you yeah. a better you, not me. And, you know, maybe that's toxic leadership. If, you know, I've, I, you know we, Lugo and I on, on uh, Leaders of Futures, we talk about that toxic leadership, that maybe to- toxic leaders, one of their problems is that they want their followers to be them. Mm-hmm. which is really stupid because now you're limited you know why yeah. why would why wouldn't why would i want you to be only as good as i am i want you to be as good as i am and as good as deva is and combine all that stephen covey used to say one plus one one plus one equals three or more and that's what we want to create you know that the creativity itself and more uh, expansive knowledge wisdom all of that kind of stuff but it it's the combination of what i know with what you know and we can come up with another idea, you know, yeah. and it's not, you know, and maybe that, I don't know, maybe, but now that's an interesting thought. I'll have to think about that. Maybe because we don't, and, and I'll, I'll say that maybe part of it is us, our generation. Maybe we're not taking you under our wing. You know, I, there's uh, always the, the idea of coaching and mentoring is that you go find one and, and that's good. That That's a good, good thing, but, or, and several, you should have several, not just one. But yeah. on our part, we should seek you out and help you and say, hey, I can help you. I know something about this. Let me guide you, at least in this area, you know, and um, and maybe we'll get rid of, I, again, I, I can't stand that. I, what is it? Imposter syndrome. I don't like that term. Uh, it's not even in my head. You know, I can't keep it in my head. Yeah, I have to like look it. it up. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think imposter syndrome is is totally uh, kind of what we're hitting at. And it reminds me of something you mentioned in your last podcast. One of your things, your granddaughter um, has, has spends a lot of time on her phone, but says she doesn't have any friends. Um, yeah. 
And uh, that I think is very common um, because the truth is maybe she does have a few friends or maybe even acquaintances that are on her phone, but because you don't call and sit next to you and sit around them, um, I think it feels as though you're alone, which, which makes sense for me in the, in the way that I felt like I wasn't able to reach out for anybody for help on the SAT because I didn't see anybody else reaching out. Um, I wasn't sitting in a classroom hearing all these other people say, oh yeah, I just met with my tutor last Sunday and we worked through this and this because all of that happens now on private channels. It happens one-on-one through text message or one-on-one through some kind of, you know, study group app or whatever. And, and I think it leaves out the people who are thinking that all of this, they just magically did good on the test, obviously, because they must be better than I am. Therefore, um, I must be an imposter because even though I got a good grade, I probably cheated my way to it. Um, and it's such a horrible mindset, I think. Um, but at the same time, I think it, it, I mean, maybe comes from a place of humility, um, at some point to think like, oh, you know, there are people that are better than me. Um, but to think that just because people are better than you at something means that you can't be as good as other people. I think that's where the, the negative mindset creeps its way in there. Um, yeah. and, uh, another thing I wanted to add was my, my husband, Jacob, I think he's overcome this by now, but when we got married, he, um, had a hard time calling people on the phone. Uh, we would talk about, Oh, we need to fix this toll tag or whatever. And it would, he would have a hard time, you know, dialing people on the phone and talking to him because he didn't know what he was going to say. Um, and I was like, well, how did you, you know, get and civil air patrol taught me, you know, you call people if, if they're, if they're busy, they don't answer. And if you call them, you ask your question, it's very simple. But I think there was so much pressure on uh, one-to-one communication um, because he was homeschooled and loved homeschool, um, did really great with it, but didn't have a lot of opportunities sitting in a classroom with a bunch of other people. It's always online, one-on-one, you're just there with your family. Um, so anyways, I think more opportunities to just call people on the phone. I mean, they're human. They they want your call. They're not going to answer and say, Oh, why did you call me? Your, your question wasn't important enough to merit my time. Like who says that? But that's the yeah. thoughts going over in your head. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And that of course is all negativity. You know, you, I, by it, again, maybe different experiences, but all of my mentors uh, would answer the phone at two o'clock in the morning. If I called them now, I don't, <laughs> but, uh, but if they, if I had to, they would be there. It's like, you know, if you had to call me for some advice, you know, the baby is sick and I can't, I don't know what to do. Chief. Well, <laughs> let me tell you what I would do. And you don't really want that advice. <laughs> I, don't, I, I nudge uh, Deb and say, Hey baby, what do you do? Oh, for, my what do you do when the baby's sick? But, um, <laughs> but and here's what you mentioned the word humility. Uh, I don't remember if we've talked about that. Maybe if we haven't, we should talk about it eventually, yeah. but there's a difference, uh, David, between humility and humiliation. You know, and that's what the, 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 I think the difference that you were making and what you were saying that you you want you don't want to be humiliated, accepting somebody's help. Well, don't <laughs> you know that's a personal thing. Don't feel humiliated. Feel humble. That's a different thing. That I and, and humility uh, humility or, or one of the aspects of humility I believe is uh, gr- uh, gratitude. We talked about that last week with uh, thankfulness. You know, the Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Be grateful for that stuff. And and a good mentor, a good coach is going to accept that and in, in turn be grateful for the gratefulness. You know, so there's a lot of uh, uh, thankfulness happening, which is a great thing. You know, that that develops a, a big, powerful spirit that we all can. It's not just about I can, but we all can. And that 
and we you know one day we'll talk about teamwork but that's what we want to, as, as as we work with people and one, one of the things that uh, that i learned years and well decades ago is high tech will never replace high touch yeah it won't happen it will not happen where we as humans uh, will always have that need to touch someone physically and emotionally spiritually right there eye to eye person to person yeah i agree completely absolutely um that's really good i better leave you with that thought <laughs> okay that okay. sounds good to me yeah that, well, i, I can see that you're, you're thinking and i like that good <laughs> sounds good thanks for all your advice i appreciate it we'll talk to you next week Thank you for listening. We hope that there was something that you heard in this episode that will help empower you to become a better leader. A leader of character. If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at cloc at leadershipandforesight.org. Until next time, be great. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight.